Hey guys, Akil Stokes here, and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. In today's episode, I want to share with you an interview I did with Traders Podcast earlier in the year. This was a very fun interview where, of course, we talked about trading and Joe and myself shared uh, our insights from over 25 years combined in the business. But we also talked about the other aspects of trading that you may not see in, in your normal YouTube video, you may not see on your normal social media, or even in your normal book. And that talks about what it takes to treat your trading like a business, what motivational factors kept us going through those uh, those very hard struggling times, the importance of family, how to control your own outcome, and why that should really be the goal of everyone. And even how to disconnect from trading, how, you know, although you, you dedicate so much time to trading that getting away can be just as important. So I think it's going to be a, a very important podcast for any newer trader to listen to and a great reminder for any experienced trader as well. So make sure you check it out again. Uh, the podcast was called Traders Podcast. Uh, you can search it on YouTube and, and find a few episodes. And of course, do me a favor with this podcast, the Trading Coach Podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you leave me a rating and a review. And if you're listening anywhere else, please do me a favor, like it, share it and subscribe if you're brand new. All right. Hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you think. First off, I just want to welcome um, Akil Stokes from Tier One Trading onto the, the podcast. He's actually our number one. He's our yes, first number one. one. <laughs> just like in trading, number one. So I want to welcome him. I'll, I'll quickly let him introduce himself, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you. First and first, uh, foremost, appreciate you having me on here. Glad that I can be kind of the the first one to kick off the show. That means I don't have anyone. Uh, there's no pressure from following someone that did an excellent interview. I like those no pressure <laughs> situations where it's a, an all a win-win opportunity for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ser seriously, pleasure to be here. It's, um, I always love doing interviews. I, I love it not from the perspective that I get to talk to other traders and, and, and hopefully inspire them with, with my story and some of my words. But uh, from a personal perspective, it's always kind of cool to reflect where I came from. Um, yeah. I'm a trader that was like many traders, probably like yourself, that just struggled for an extremely long period of time and oh, yeah. eventually came good. And I, I think keeping that fire, keeping that motivation is something that uh, is needed to maintain success. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I was like, you know, when I first started, all I, all I did was listen, uh, listen to trading podcasts and whatnot. And, um, and the idea of this show is to not only interview professional traders, but also interview traders that are learning. So, other learning traders can can hear their struggles and go, oh wow, I've got a similar struggle as that guy. You know, it's not just me um, in this uh, you know game alone together. So, and that's the struggle I had when I first started. I thought it was just me that sucked at trading. So, <laughs> all right, cool. So first off, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to ask, um, you know, how did how did you actually discover trading, and, and what got you interested in in trading? Well, I I got into trading. Um... Originally, it, it was kind of, I, I kind of fell into trading by accident. Um, my father did a great job of just 
teaching me about investments and, you know, starting from a young kid where it's like, hey, here's a savings account, put some money in there to, to here's a certificate of deposit. Uh, you know, you put your money in here, they keep it for a while, but you get this type of interest in return to a money market. And as I graduated college, I, I, I unfortunately, or maybe fortunately now looking back, graduated right during the, the start of the, the recession here in the U.S., um, I didn't really have much to do. I, I decided to go to graduate school because I honestly couldn't get a job and I was embarrassed to tell family members that I was unemployed. Um, and just talking to him, uh, he just said, hey, you know, you've done this, you've done this. The next form of investment, the next level up is to get involved in stocks. Uh, so I started learning uh, the stock market. I started investing some of the money I had in the stock market and I did pretty good. Uh, now, looking back, it's, it, I, I, I I was more of an investor, wasn't a trader. Nothing I do now um, is what I did in the stock market. So looking back, I always wonder like if I would have been better, maybe I just got lucky. Um, but however you look at it, I did well in the stock market. However, I didn't have enough money to make any significant type of money, right? For example, yeah. my first stock that I bought was Apple, right? Bought it at $99. This was like what, three uh, or four splits ago? Whoa. $99, right? But I could only afford like, what would I have? I probably had like 10 shares. Yeah. I like 10 shares of Apple, bought it at $99, sold it like at 200. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I, you know, the stock price doubled. And I look at, looked at my P&L and I'm like, well, I didn't really make anything life changing. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It was, it was good, you know, but it wasn't something that changed my life. And I'm like, I can't live off this. Yeah. Um, so I started looking into other means of, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm good at this stock thing. And Apple's just one example, but I'm good at this stock investment thing how can I turn this into more of a career? Because I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. And I started to really fall in love with uh, investing and trading. And I, I dabbled in penny stocks for a little bit because everyone, you know, penny stocks make a lot of money. You can buy all this stuff with a little bit of money. And I failed horribly um, simply because I, I, had, I had no idea what I was doing in penny stocks. I thought I did. It was a completely different game than, than kind of mid-range investing. Yeah. Um, but eventually that led me to Forex, kind of the same principles of, hey, you need, you can, you can make more with less. And yeah. the, the cocky side of me, I guess at the time was like, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm good at this stock thing. Um, you know, I'll be good at this Forex thing right away. It's just a different market. I'll just hop in and, and pick up where I left off. Um, and unfortunately, I, I learned a very hard and expensive, multiple hard and expensive lessons that um, that wasn't the case. I think we all go through that when we first started trading. Um, yeah, I think that's what attracted me to trading as well is, is the, it, it's kind of like your, your salary is uncapped with it and you can make a lot of money in a short amount of time. However, that can be really dangerous as well at the same time if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I, I never actually um, got into the stocks very hard. I did look into it when I first started, but I never actually um, really went full through with it. So yeah, that's good. How long have you actually been trading for? This was back in 2007. Um, so that's going to be what, 12, 12 years. Now, again, many, many of those years were spent unsuccessfully trading. So yeah, I don't know if you, I, I guess you can call them trading. It makes it look good for the resume. Um, <laughs> but technically to 2007, about uh, early, early, mid 2007 is when I first got started. Yep. Um, so it's been about 12 years already. I'm getting old, man. Ah. Well, I, 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 started, um, I started during the GFC uh, 2008. So okay. <laughs> and I say 11 years, but four of those years are unsuccessful. So there we go. <laughs> I still say 11 years though. 
Um, hey, we, we, we went through those struggles, so we, we might as well count them as part of our, our learning curve. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's, that's where people go wrong as well, is, is it took me four years to become successful, and people mm-hmm. want to try to do it in a week and two. That's what I find from, from mentoring people. They go, you know, I really want to be successful this week or this, this month, and I'm like, hey, just chill out a second. I know you didn't see my struggles, but it took four years. So It is, it is ridiculous how quick people want to be successful in trading like and you look at any other field like you want to go out there and be a doctor you want to go out there and be you know some type of engineer right you you train for a very very long time um yet for for some reason in trading it's like ah okay so i i can't make mega million i can't be ready in a week even professional sports i mean professional sports you go through all the different levels and it's like you know, four, eight, 10 years of your life spent training to finally make it where you can do something great. And trading is like, okay, a week. If I can't make it in a week, then it doesn't work. And it's, 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 it's weird. I think as well as this, it's like an emotional imbalance. You know, you, you might get into it. You might put a thousand dollars on account, lose it in an instant and go, well, you know, it's not for me. <laughs> so I did that multiple times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So like, what, what, what struggles did you really go through when you first started before you actually got to the stage where you were consistent or even break even? Well, I, I went through, I, pro, I, pro, I probably went through all, all of the struggles that you can imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that one of, the, one of the reasons that I became successful in trading is really because I, I made I made basically every mistake that you can think of. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at first, a lot of those mistakes were, you know, I, I, would, I would use them as excuses, you know, the, the normal yeah. stuff where it's the, it's the system, it's the market, it's this, it's that. And then when I eventually started owning those mistakes is when I started um, seeing the benefits. But I, I made all of them. Uh, I think the biggest mistake overall, if you kind of want to, just as a, a from a, a pure philosophy type of standpoint is I spent so much time worrying about the what and not the how. And, and, and what I mean by that is that I spent so much time trying to figure out what to trade, what strategy, what yeah. type, fundamentals, technicals, you know, just give me that magic system. And if this strategy didn't work, it, this, it must not work at all, I'll go to the next one. And really once I kind of accepted the fact that, hey, it's, it's me, it's not my strategy or anything yep. like that, it's me that's messing up. And I started focusing on how to trade, just the pure skill of, mm-hmm. of technical analysis from, uh, you know, since that's what I use, uh, reading the price chart, learning how to make predictions, not any specific strategy, but just kind of learning the language of the market and, and learning how to do things the right way. That's when I started seeing a massive change. And it's funny how things fell into place. And of course, I'm like, why did I waste so many years doing all this other stuff? But uh, I guess it all happens for a reason. Yeah, uh, exactly. Look, I think we all go, uh, I don't care who you are, we all go through the same thing as a trader. Mm -hmm. You know, we all focus, and I call it the cycle of doom. It's like you find a strategy, you know, you take a loss, you know, you get all emotional, you find another strategy. You take a loss, get emotional, and you just keep, because you think it's a strategy. and, and what I struggled as well with when I first started is I thought you had to have like a, a 90% success rate or whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, I know some great traders that have a 40% success rate. And and that's what I try and tell people all the time. Don't worry about your success rate, all right? Yeah, that's that's not the important part. You know, it's um it's really down to what I boil it down to is risk management. When I first started seeing consistency was when I started controlling my risk 
and my risk reward ratios. That's that's when I saw consistency. I I think that's number one thing. What you just mentioned is is one throwing out the idea, the concept that your win percentage has to be super high for you to be successful, um, and risk management. I mean, I, I've you know I've had the luxury of, of being being able to talk to uh, you know a lot of traders from different levels in my experience, yep. some, some high level traders, and then obviously learning traders and. You know, I, I always think of myself as a student as well. And oh, yeah. one of the main keys that I always pick up from anyone I talk to is that, hey, like some of the best traders of all time are are between 20 and 40%. Um, yeah. There's a guy, Peter Brandt, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Peter Brandt. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's, he's, in my opinion, one of the most successful traders of all time. He's been consistently profitable, I think, like the last like 14 years. And he's yeah. like a 40% trader. And yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he is. Yeah. And he still it's, gets like a 50, 56% return. Uh, last year, I think it was a 56% return. Yeah, I mean, 40%, 50 something percent return. And that's another thing where right? people yeah. will laugh at, oh, 50% return. Exactly. I do that daily. Yeah, yeah all right. Um, do that for the rest of your life then. Exactly. Like <laughs> if you're making 50% returns daily for the rest of your life, you wouldn't be on social media telling anybody exactly. about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, risk risk management is key. And that's, that's something that I really. Um, I really focused on over the last couple of years and I always knew it in the back of my head, but I think I never, I never really accepted it. I never really preached it until yeah. I, until I really started realizing that it really is key. Like just manage, it is manage your losses, addition by subtraction. Just, just don't do the dumb stuff that takes away uh, from your profits. The profits will be there. And I, I think even as younger traders, we never really had a problem winning. I think yep. all traders kind of win. The, the the bad part is we just give it back right away. Exactly. So if you just yeah. stop giving stuff back, you're left with ta-da profits, and it's it's you know it's 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 amazing. But it takes I guess it takes so long to accept that with with how the the industry is painted. Exactly, and I think a lot of it as well as um, what you see on on social media now. When I first started trading, there wasn't like all this Instagram and all that sort of stuff. It was. Um, mm -hmm. But now with with Instagram, you, you just see trader after trader. You know, they're they're living this life. They're showing that they just made ten grand profits every day, and 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 I'm just like, look, that's not realistic. That is not the realistic expectations of a trader. And what I tell people is, you know, think of trading. I always say this: you got to have a business plan. I've got yeah. a business plan, right? And that has my risk control. That has what happens if I go through a drawdown period. All these sorts of things. And um. And what I always say is, you know, think of a business, think of your trading as a business, right? You know, when you take a loss, you just paid your, your business expense, such as rent or employees, that kind of stuff helps you psychologically deal with it a little bit better. It helps me anyway. Yeah, and, that's um, true, that's true. and you wouldn't, you know, a business wouldn't go buy a t-shirt for a hundred dollars and sell it for $20. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> it's like, exactly. you know, you buy the shirt for $20 and you sell it for a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good. I mean, I've always thought trading like a business as well, but that's that's a great way of even just mentally under understanding, like I said, dealing with those expenses. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's it. So, yeah, and like when you because you mentor a lot. I mean, you're you co-founder of Tier One Trading, correct? Yes, yeah, co-founder yeah. of Tier One Trading. Yep. Yeah, and um, you know, so you obviously mentor a lot of students and whatnot. Um, what struggles do you see them go through? I, I guess it's the same things, isn't it, that we go, we went through? Um, yeah, it's, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what do you think that they could do to improve themselves? If you could just give them one piece of advice to improve themselves, what would it be? Well, uh, 
process over outcome. Um, something I love to say, and it, it's just focus on doing the right thing. You just mentioned that you look at trading as, you know, trading as a business and you have a business plan. Your business plan lays out everything from how you're supposed to trade to risk management. So if you just come in as a trader and, and obviously it's easier said than done, but focus on executing your business plan and the results will handle themselves. And, and it's like any other business, right? You, if, if you think of um, like a chain restaurant, like, you know, someone opens a McDonald's, McDonald's has an established business plan out. Here's what you sell. Here's how you sell it. Here's how you make it, blah, 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 your signage, your deals. And assuming you're doing things the right way, if you just follow the business plan at your McDonald's, you should have a profitable store. Yeah. Um, and it may not be profitable every day. You know, who knows what can happen, especially in trading. But if you do the right things, and obviously you've taken the time to test them and make sure they work, now it's just running through the system, running, executing the system over and over again and extracting that edge from the market. Uh, so I think the, the biggest problem I have or I see with newer traders is just switching their mindset from being results driven. It's yeah. all about P&L, P&L, P&L to really focusing on how to trade, not what to trade and really yeah. focusing on doing this process the right way. And if I do this process the right way, the results that I want will come um, as part of the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I see as well as, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, if, if you look at a chart, you know, I get people ask me all the time, Hey Joe, you know, I don't see anything on the charts. What do I do? I say, get up and go outside. You know, yeah. just don't trade until you see something that is familiar, something that you know that works. Like for me, I back tested my training system. You know, a back testing is a big thing as well. I think yes. you have to do. If you if you really want to know how great you you can perform in trading, you got to backtest your trading system, and and um and I always tell people as well, you can't skip the losses. Even if you can see it's a loss, don't skip it. No, no, no. I did that when I first started backtesting my system. I'm like, well, I've got like a I've got like an eighty percent success rate. I'm like, wait, hang on, I didn't I didn't count the losses. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's it's funny how you conveniently you're doing your backtesting and conveniently it's like. Um, da, 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 da. I probably wouldn't have entered that one. Yeah, ah, was a see the last day. Day. I'll scratch that one aside. <laughs> but then every single winner, right? It may not even be, well, you know what? I would have taken it. Exactly, I would have yeah. taken profits because and it's like, stop, stop making it work. You're just going to disappoint yourself. Yeah. Like be, I, I try to look for more losses. That, that's the way I, I do back testing. If, yeah. if there's any question or doubt, I'm like, no, loss, spread would have got it, something like that. Yep. Um, I'd rather have much, much worse results and prepare for the worst than exactly, kind of inflated yeah. results and deal with a false sense of reality. But I think, I think that's where people go wrong as well. As, you know, they dwell, they dwell too much on losses and, mm. you know, they get too much of a high on the winners as well. So when you take, you know, let's say you take three winners in a row, you're like, well, yes, yeah, sweet, just one. But if you take three losses in a row, you're like, you're feeling crap all week, you know, you're down all week and, and um, exactly, yeah. yeah, but it's a part of trading. I mean, if I if I showed people my my trading record, it would be like loss, 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 win, win, loss, win, loss, loss, the win. You know, it's just random. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just random numbers. So yeah, yeah, yeah uh, mine is the same way. Same yeah, exactly. same way. It's like you never you never know when it's going to come, but all of a sudden you you put it together. It's like oh okay, well, it was profitable. And, and that's as well as you know sometimes you see those setups that you're like this this is perfect. This this is a winner and it ends up being a loss. And that's why risk management comes into play as well. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, and, and what what actually kept you going through those stages when you were just losing money, when when you were consistently like not profitable and and whatnot? I would say I would say two things. Um, 
one thing was my desire to not work for anyone else in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic and I started working at a young age um, and I, I, I work hard. I'm, I'm someone that just yeah. filled the calendar with as many hours as I can doing, you know, whatever would, would, would give me a check. And I remember for about three years or maybe two years, I was working about three jobs and I was making good money. I was making about 30,000 out of coming out of college. I had, you know, no family, no kids or anything like that. I was living with three roommates. So for me, it was like, you know, being a millionaire yeah. and I was excited to do it. I didn't necessarily like all three of the jobs, but it was a, a means to a paycheck. And I, I was cool with that. And I remember waking up and I used to be drained because I'm, I'm putting in like 16 hours a day and I'd be drained. And I don't know why I was thinking about the future. Maybe, you know, I had a, a girlfriend at the time, maybe, you know, probably her family was bugging me about when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? <laughs> and I started thinking like, okay, well, you know, I, I do want to marry her and I do want to have kids and all that stuff. And being the numbers guy I am, I, I, I always plan. So I'm, I'm, I started looking at what kids and houses and all that stuff cost. Like, I'm like, oh, man, this 30000 ain't going to cut it. Um, yeah. Not here where I'm at. It, and I think it was a combination of that, knowing that I couldn't do what I was currently doing for the rest of my life. It was good now. But as I got older, it wouldn't be enough. And the ability that, or, or I guess the, the realization that I was tired of working for someone else. I was tired of being told when I have to work, what I have to do. I, I wanted kind of financial independence. I wanted to do yeah. what I want to do. And I saw trading as a way of doing that. And the second reason was I was also very passionate about it. I, I, I had this conversation with someone on the internet the other day and they don't, they, they don't believe me. Um, but I said, hey, I, I would trade even if I weren't profitable. And they're like, oh, yeah. you're lying. It's easy to say that. Well, I'm like, I'm not. I traded so many years like you without being profitable. Exactly. And, and it was something that kept us going. And I think for me, it's the game. I'm a big sports nerd. I'm a, I'm a competitor. I think it's you're the coach, game. You're a coach, Johnny. You're, you're yeah, track coach. track coach as well. And I think it's the game of not only trying to get better each day, no matter how fast you are, no matter how good you are to sport, like the top athletes are trying to get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but it's also the puzzle of knowing that, we're trading this puzzle that can never perfect it. We'll, we will never perfect it. There's no trader or algorithm that will ever perfect the markets. Yeah. Yet we try and we think we can, even if we know we can't, we lie and we try to get a little bit closer each day. And I think that's just, for me, that's fun. It's, it's just, I, I enjoy yeah. that chase, knowing that I'll never get there. I'll never get to that carrot completely, but I'm going to try and get closer and closer and closer and closer. And, and in doing so, I can be pretty profitable as well. So I think yeah. those are the two things, uh, yeah. financial independence and just a, a, a genuine passion for the puzzle that the market is. Exactly. And I think it's owning your outcomes as well. Like, you know, it's, it's really owning your outcomes and in trading. That's what attracted me to trading was, was mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> after I left school, um, I had I never went to university or college. Mm -hmm. I, I was just doing odd jobs here and there. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was doing odd jobs here and there. You know, I was working endless hours for horrible pay. Yeah. And then um, I landed a job in, um, in construction and uh, yeah. I, was, I was doing painting for a while in construction sites and all sorts of stuff. And then I was just like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like, I can't wake up 4 a.m., drive like an hour into the middle of the city, find a parking for the next 40 minutes, um, you know. And, you know, get on a construction site, get yelled at by my foreman. And then, <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. And, um, and then my, my brother actually got me into trading. Mm -hmm. um, he's still not very profitable. But um, <laughs> he, 
but yeah, and, and I think that's what attracted me to it. What attracted me to it was you could own your outcomes in life. Like, you know, if I want to go on holiday, I don't have to tell my boss. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that. And it's, as well as me, like I, I've got, um, I've got uh, kids at home, so mm-hmm. I can sit, I can, grow, I can watch them grow up. You know, it's the best part. I can play with them, take them to the park during the day when, when I've got all my tasks done. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I love, I love the phrase you put out there. Own your outcomes. Uh, it's a good way of putting it because you can. You have complete control over. Exactly. You know. You, you have complete control over you. I mean, you, you, yeah. you, your, your outcomes will be based on you and not someone else. There's no boss that yeah. will decide whether you get a raise or not. It's performance-based. It's an and Uncapped salary is what I say. Exactly. And I'm right with you on the kids. And that was, once I had kids, that was the biggest thing for me is, is that freedom of time. Um, yeah. Just the ability to, you know, I see so many fathers and mothers out there that can't go to their kids play or they can't go to, yeah. to practice. They can't go to this. They can't go to that. And like the ability to be like, hey, I'm going to go I'm going to go see my kid in his kindergarten play or I'm going to take my kid to the park in the middle of the day or I'm going to teach him how to ride a bike. Like just yeah. the ability to I see, do that. I see a lot of that stuff to, in your story. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I love it. It's, it's valuable. And I think it's very important. I, I had a really good father. I have a really good father who, uh, you know, did a lot for me. As, as far as I can remember, he was there supporting me in everything I did. And yeah. I can imagine the, I can imagine the sacrifices that he made working a nine to five to do that. Yeah. Um, so I just, I want to be that guy to my kids. I, I want to, I want them to look back when they're older and be like, Hey, my dad supported me. And, and, you know, even though he's working like a lunatic from home doing the, the, the trading and the coaching and the business, um, he was there for the moments that I wanted him to be. Exactly. There. Yeah. That's the most important thing for me. I think, yeah, I think that's the best part as well is, is um, I mean, my dad, like, um, I mean, he lives in Sydney, Australia. I live in, I live in Brisbane. I'm like, like, uh, what's well, an hour flight away, but it's like a 10 hour drive. Um, wow. Yeah. But I think growing up a lot, it, he, he traveled a lot for work. So he was never really home much. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was, he'd be home for like, maybe like a, you know, a, a couple of weeks at a time, but he's always overseas traveling for work. He still does. Yeah, and yeah. um he won't retire though. He he doesn't want. To, he doesn't like the idea of retiring. He's, <laughs> he's like me. He's a workaholic. Like I, yeah. I, I got to keep yourself busy. Um, so yeah, and I think that's that's for me. Is like you know what I like is I can be there for my kids. You know I can um, take them to school. I can pick them up from school. I can you know all these sorts of things. So you know it's 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 really that's what that's the, that's what I try and push to people when learning to trade. I don't push the income side of things. I push the freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's your life, man. You know, no one should have control over that except you. That's, yeah, that's, I'm going to, yeah, that's, that's good, man. I, I I like that. Control your outcomes. Yeah. That's really good. I, I love that. And yeah, so it was, yeah, and it was, it's a great thing. So uh, we're, we're almost at the end of the interview, but I've got a couple more questions. Um, All right. If you could go back in time to when you first started, you could go back and be like, hey, Kiel, look, it's me from 10 years in the future. <laughs> what would you tell yourself? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, well, there are two things. I'll give you one serious one and one, I guess it, it is serious, but, but not as I, I would, I tell you what I, I would get, I, I recently got kind of a uh, blue light filters in my glasses. Um, yes. trading destroyed my eyes, man. Staring at screens for countless hours yeah. a day, yep. destroyed <laughs> my eyes. So that's one thing I wish I, I knew about previously. But again, I, I, I would tell myself from a, a trading perspective, again, just 
instead of trying to use it as a get rich quick scheme, instead of looking for the shortcut, I would really tell myself just invest the year, invest that first year in just learning how to trade. Don't worry about any about making profit or finding a strategy. Just learn how to trade. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I would have cut you know, I probably would have cut a year and a half, if not two years off of my learning curve. Now, I don't, I don't regret the lessons learned. Uh, you know, that allows me to be a very good coach now. But um, if I would have done things the right way, I probably would have been two years ahead of where I am now, as far as just learning how to trade instead of focusing on kind of what to trade and the secret strategy to success. Yeah, exactly. I think, that, I think that's a lot. Like I always tell myself, and, and I, I, this is something I always say, the, the, the glasses thing is spot on. I mean, I've got glasses. If I take them off, I can't see anything. <laughs> when, I went for my, um, when I went to the optometrist, as I was walking mm-hmm. out, he goes, everyone make way. There's a blind man walking. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> um, but I think, I think what I always tell myself, if I could go back, is, is one key thing I would tell myself is mm-hmm. don't even look at the money. Look at the percentage. Yeah. Look at the percentage of risk. Look mm-hmm. at the percentage of return. Don't look at the money. Because I always say, you know, if you can make a 50% return on a $1,000 account, not that no one wants to do that, right? Because it's only, it's only a $1,000 account, 50% return in a what? year. Like everyone's like, well, but I say, if you can do that on a $1,000 account, you can most probably do it on a $100,000 account. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what I say. Don't look at the money. Look at the percentage. Yep. Yeah. You, you consistent with your percentage. The money will be there as a result. Exactly. Yep. And some years yeah. are gonna, you might get it 30%. Some years might get it 50%, whatnot. But... Um, and it's as Peter Brandt says um, mm-hmm. in one of his interviews, you know, he goes, uh, he went through a 15-month drawdown. <laughs> and, and he said, you know, if he didn't have risk control, it's, he would have destroyed him. And, uh, you know, it comes down to, I've never experienced a 15-month drawdown, but mm-hmm. um, I've experienced a two-month drawdown where mm-hmm. I was either consistently break-even, I just wasn't making money, and, you know, I was a little bit lost and, and that kind of stuff. But it all comes down to risk control. And if you can't control that, it, and it's going to happen. You're going to go through drawdowns, you know? Yeah. And, and that's something I would have told myself is control your risk. Yeah. That's, yeah. Imagine, imagine how many people can't go through a 15 trade drawdown. Um, oh, he went through 15 with, with, with the, Yes, yeah, so I mean, imagine, yeah. you know, he's going through 15 months and can survive that with proper risk management. Imagine the traders out there that are over leveraged and they're bragging about all these. Exactly. Yeah. Can they take, like, can your account handle 15 trades? If you can't handle 15 trades. Um, you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. remember doing the calculations some years ago and like how many trades I would have to lose consistently to blow my account. And I think it was like 200 something in a row. Yeah. Mine's um, like that, and, yeah. It, and, and I'm like, look, by the time I got to 199, I'd probably quit and just say, you know what? I'm not good. <laughs> exactly. Like, it should be, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't even be a, it shouldn't even be, there, there should be zero risk of blowing your account if you're if yeah. you're managing your risk the right way yeah and but, and my risk my risk is is a lot of people call me crazy but it's mm-hmm. half a percent of risk 0.50 percent that's what i risk that's what mm-hmm. i feel comfortable with yeah look there's no i mean the the just the freedom uh, i forgot who said this but I, I always heard you should trade so small that a loser shouldn't hurt and a winner shouldn't make you happy i mean when, when you're trading half percent of risk per trade I mean, you could take three or four losses in a row and maybe psychologically you start to think about like, am I doing things right? But fi- there's no financial pain there. No, exactly. Yeah. So it's so little. And, and that allows you to trade, just trade the way you're supposed to trade without these outside emotional influences kind of pulling you to make bad decisions. So yeah, I'm, yeah. 
Exactly. Right. And and it, like in my trading plan, it's it's you know it's it's half a percent risk per trade with a maximum of three open trades at any given time. So one point five exposure at any given time, and bare minimum one to two risk reward ratios. I don't go for one to one, so one to two mm -hmm. or more. So I could lose two, win one. I'm back at break even. You know, oh. and that's that that has kept me going for so long. And people go, why don't you get like a five or ten percent risk? I'm like, well, what if I take three losses in a row, you know, there's 30% of my account gone or 15% of my account gone. That's a, that's a heavy hit. And, and like you said earlier, that, that's what people don't understand. Everyone's focused on the profit and it's like, uh, exactly. You know, I, I remember doing an example um, of showing people like, uh, you know, uh, we have a position sizing spread, spreadsheet or whatnot that you can kind of, you know, go in there and play around with risk and all that stuff. And I did some experiment because someone was talking about doing blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, I made a 300% return last year doing this. Yeah. I'm like, but I would never do that because luckily exactly. this was a very consistent month or consistent year with not really big drawdowns. But even the drawdown in there took like 20% of my account away. It's like, yeah. You would never do that in, in, in real life because, you know, no. you're one draw that way from blowing everything. And people are like, well, if you made 3,000% or 300%, why wouldn't you do that? Like, you don't understand. You don't get it. You don't, there should be, you don't, you can do that for a few years and maybe you get lucky and be good. But what happens when you hit that one drawdown, you blow everything? Then what do exactly. you do? Yeah. What and do I you think, do then? Nothing. Yeah. I think a lot of, and I always say this to, to people that come to me is um, I always say, and what I see, I really see them going wrong is, they're, they're focused on, I call them the Instagram traders. Yeah. They're focused on the Instagram traders. They're focused on these guys that are, you know, flying to different countries every single day. You know, mm -hmm. they're making like 10, they say they're making like 10, 15 grand per trade and all sorts of stuff. And, and they've got like a $1,000 trading account. I'm like, come on guys, like <laughs> be realistic here. Be realistic. Think and, about it. They're, they're catching every bit of every move. And they're trading from their phone <laughs> on the beach. Yeah, from your phone, from your phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, you can't, you cannot live consistently like that as a trader. And, um, and like me, I've got, I've got a proper office set up here at home. Once I'm out of mm -hmm. the office, I'm out of trading. I didn't even have the app on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, I found when I did have the app on my phone, I was too, I was checking my trades too much mm -hmm. and I was micromanaging too much. So once I'm out of the home office, that's it. <laughs> I'm not working. So I'm, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't, I'm done out the office. I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah, you I, don't even want to think about it. If I want, I'll come back later in the day and check something if it needs to be managed, but I'm not, you don't want to be, like you said, we, we got into this for freedom of time. Like, we're just a, a slave yeah. to our phone checking trades. Are we really earning that freedom of time? No, we're, we're yeah, exactly. trading. Exactly. Uh, so, oh, well, cool. Um, any questions, uh, sorry, any any advice for new traders um, before we end the interview? Um, no more than we talked about. I, I think yeah. you, you gave a lot of great tips. I mean, uh, uh, I'm sure I did well, but I, oh, you did. Yeah, you did I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think we covered, I think everything that a new trader should be concerned with, especially yeah. just like the mindset. Um, I guess if, if there, if there were one more thing I, I would say to new traders is, um, I, I know there's the, 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 the temptation to try to trade, the most profitable strategy. Um, but in my opinion, you really have to trade a strategy that fits kind of with your personality. If you're yes. a naturally aggressive person, uh, don't trade a super, super, super conservative strategy. If you're a natural conservative person, don't trade a, a very aggressive strategy. Yeah. If, you, if you believe in the trend as your friend and, and, and always being involved in the trend, don't be a counter trend trader. Yeah, that's, because that's 
Yeah, they're, they're just gonna, you know, doing something that doesn't work with your true belief is gonna cause you to make mistakes, it's gonna cause you to, to lose trust. Um, so you always wanna kind of be within yourself. Find, there's so many trading styles out there, so many trading strategies out there. Find one that you're comfortable with, even if it's not the most profitable one, because yeah. by avoiding those mistakes, um, and again, managing that risk by, by doing so, you will end up being more profitable than if you tried to trade something that you weren't comfortable with and just shot yourself in the foot uh, day in and day out. Exactly, hundred percent. That that's great advice, and and that's like me. You know, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a trend trader myself. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just always following the trend until proven wrong. And I always say, trend is your friend until the end of the bend. Um, <laughs> but I know you you're a counter trend, aren't you? Um, yeah, I'm I'm counter trend by nature. Um, yeah. I I do take some trend trend trading opportunities, but uh, obviously because I'm counter trend by nature, I'm a, a lot less aggressive for them. So I'm, yeah. I'm typically, instead of trying to, I like to be involved on the same side of the trend, yeah. um, but I'm not necessarily looking for that extension. I'm not looking to ride it. I'm kind of looking for first place of danger yep. in your typical counter trend trader approach, get out. Um, but I, I used to be strictly counter trend. And then just over the years, I've, I've kind of evolved and I, I found a way to trade the trend um, in a way that just doesn't go against my beliefs in the market and, and yeah. my comfort zone, I guess you can say. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. Just find your comfort zone. Yeah. You know? um, same, same with date. Like me, I, I, I personally, I prefer swing trading. Like, I, I love swing yeah. trading. Um, so, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, uh, you're a swing trader, you're day trader, you're good to be both, you know. I do do both, um, but mm -hmm. mostly I like to swing trade. So and it's just really finding your comfort zone. You know, as, as a trader, like, are you comfortable trend trading? Are you comfortable sticking with a trend? Or are you more comfortable looking for reversals? So, um, yeah, cool. Awesome. All right, Akil, we're going to end this uh, call. It's been 40 minutes, so it went quick. Look so, at that, yeah. Good good um, conversation, man. It, it was, was good, man. Really I really good appreciate it. Um, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you agreeing to be the the first on here as well. So, no um, yeah. It's great, and you know, I just want to thank everyone for. Uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and to the interview, and I hope everyone got some great advice from this and got some knowledge. And, and you know, that's the idea of this podcast is I want to be a little bit different from others. I want to get in the in the minds of of you guys, of traders. <laughs> so yeah, really appreciate it, Kill, and I hope you have a great day.